Hey, welcome to Smoker Broker. I'm Robert Mesh, and I'm the guy they call Smoker Broker. I hope everything's going well. Uh, you know, we're joking uh, just a few, um, well, I'll say a few hours ago, but you guys usually see this like another week later. But uh, we are into the spring season, and, you know, like I said, it is usually the jump start to us uh, entering what is our most uh, uh, highest activity, uh, where most of our income comes from the fact of May through June and July, where we sell most houses because people are relocating. Most people who are going to make their move for uh, whether it's a job or just whatever other reason, they're going to typically try to do it uh, after school is out or in between schools to the summer. So it's not as hectic for everybody. And there's enough time to get into uh, the, the schools that they need to and get the kids situated. So it's a heavier, uh, busier time for us, which is great. Uh, we talked about on the last episode that uh, this, this, up and coming season is a little bit different for us because normally we're a little more confident as to where we're at. Uh, I made the comment that I don't, I'm not in the least bit worried about it being a bad or depressed market. The question becomes, is it just average or is it really good? You know, so I don't think we're going to be able to tell that. And, you know, one thing I didn't say the last episode that we should have is one thing that was interesting that I hadn't seen in a long time either and actually it's kind of annoying is that we, we were so slow from November into February, in fact, slowest we've, we've ever been. So March was really good. And of course that gets our attitudes and everything, you know, positive. And, and we really did it. We had a great March. So, you know, the assumption is, oh, great. It's lifted and everything's fine. Well, then April's just like, it's just... so, you know, it's, <laughs> It's got a little uh, attitude issue right now with what it wants to do. I, I'd like to hope that the March spike was two things. One, that, and it's hypocritical, that the rates did drop a little bit. So it got people you know, off the ledge. But on the other side, that it's also telling those people for the last six or seven months that they're starting to realize that rate's not going to get back below five, four percent and that they need to start. That, that's what I'd like to believe happened. What I think happened now is that or the reason why April's a little bit slower is you had those people that were making that that judgment call that had been waiting and they did it in March. But now you saw all those other people that are in that. Are we going to wait? Or are we going to do it now? So it's really interesting to uh, be in the sales activity uh, that we're in. But I do firmly believe from a negative standpoint, I don't have any issue with it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think we're looking at a very bad season. I think it's actually gonna be very decent. In fact, there are some signs that it becomes very good uh, if that picture continues uh, the way we've been taking it for the last few months. So it, it, in the end, it's kind of back and forth, but I actually think it's a good sign of what we're doing was a little taken back by April being a little bit slower, but I'd rather April be slower than May being slower. You want May to be good. So uh, it's rare that April and May and June are slow months together. So that should be a positive for everybody, um, especially the uh, newer agents that are out there, especially that we have a lot of new agents to tune in and watch the, the, the show. That should be a good thing for um, for them. As always, I bring my guys on. You know, I, I can't do it uh, by myself. Uh, they do a lot better job than I do anyway. So much of them are, uh, with the exception of 
Brent are much smarter than I am, and they do a great job in commenting on what it is that we do. Uh, so I always bring a selected uh, amount of people uh, on the show. You know, everybody knows uh, Brent's our director of ops. He's the one who pretty much runs the stuff that we do. Mike Dell's a longtime friend, and uh, as much as I'd like to make fun of him, he's a very super sharp guy. Uh, and has a lot of great intake. As he proved last episode, we were surprised. Mike had a good four or five points in there that were really good. So we we're glad to well, have Well, I was having to correct you all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got one of my favorites down there, Mon Heisler from out of Atlanta. She's one of our, um, well, she's not new. She's just one of our, new to our group, but just, uh, uh, I think I embarrass her too much. And I think we talk too much too well about her because she's just great. But uh, she's a great person to have on this particular show, too, because she has a very uh, unique expertise in the things that she does. And for someone, and, and she's not new, but for someone who's been in it at the time she has, it's amazing the knowledge that she has picked up. So, Mon, glad to have you on. i uh, love to, uh, we usually want to let the people that know what they're doing be on the show. So it's great to have you out there. And uh, I love having the Atlanta side on, too. We always have too many Texas guys on here, so... Uh, great to have Atlanta. Those who don't know, um, I, I grew up in the Atlanta area, and, and it's funny because, you know, just out of uniqueness, uh, uh, Mon's from southern Louisiana, as I am too, but she's also, she resides in Atlanta, so it's a very unique uh, connection that we have there, uh, and I've always been very fond of Atlanta. I still have a lot of friends out that way and enjoy being there, so it's great having you there because it makes me feel like I'm, you know, right there with her too, so thanks for being on, Mon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I uh, no, always, always. So we're going to um, continue our negotiation conversation. We mentioned that on the last show that negotiations is a, is a topic that can go to whether it's contracts, whether it's appraisals, whether it's uh, commissions, and it, it, it really can go a lot of different ways. But the best part about it, it doesn't matter what conversation we're having everything we discuss on here should be some type of technique that you can take back uh we said last show that there are a ton of takeaways in this particular episode there were on the last one and they're going to continue to be more as well in fact these are two of the most effective podcasts that we do because for newer agents uh, it's it's very hard for them to understand the negotiation techniques unless they've gone through as many as we have so uh we create the show to teach you things that you won't learn on your own or that you won't learn just sitting with a bunch of other people. Uh, we try to dig into the stuff that really gets you. And anybody who knows me, it's because most of the stuff I do is at an empathy level because uh, I just had the worst time when I first started. And I want to make sure that nobody else ever has to go through that. So a lot of things we talk about are um, the, the quieter things that get you in trouble. So we ended with talking about the most basic forms of negotiation or at least the basic principle is that the knowledge you have it's exposed by the way you do things your your experience can uh, really be evident the way you do certain things yeah veteran agents know when they're dealing with somebody who hasn't done it by, for a long time by something that they say or something that they do now the critical part and the part that's difficult is when it hurts your client when you do something like that. And unfortunately, in real estate, for probably you know 75% of the industry out there, most of the agents have not sought counsel before they go do something. And they've already made a mistake that's going to hurt their client. And 
And that's why we also talked about in the last episode. And like I said, we don't, we don't push SWR as much because this show is more general for everybody, but we're certainly not going to shy away from the fact that there are certain things that we do very right. And one of those things is even if our guys are new, we make damn sure we've already told them before they go out there and we've actually gone through is that they've been doing it for 22 years. We make sure they know what they're doing and we make sure whatever they're presenting isn't going to be something that leads somebody else to believe that they're new. Okay. And that can be very important because you really can't hurt your client by certain things that you say right off the bat. So we talked, we started last time going through the sellers and the buyers, and we were talking more from a cost perspective. So Brent, what was, uh, maybe we should look at this time, the, maybe we should get into like the date time frames. There probably isn't as much conversation there, but there is some discussion about, negotiating uh, why dates are important for us. Can you think of an easier way to do that? Or should we go more towards the, uh, do you want to start with like, depending on how long a house has been on the market when we make that offer? And then we yeah, continue let's do, yeah, as we far as that time. that's a good one. So let's do that one. So we keep going back and forth in a market that, you know, sells in less than a day, multiple offers. Then we've had them where they sit for the longest time. And then we try to find a middle ground, which we're now approaching getting back into historically correct market middle ground, which is great. It's good for everybody, especially if you're new. That's awesome because you don't want the other sides of it. So historically, most people will say houses should sell, especially in the markets that we practice in. Historically, houses should sell within 90 days. Okay. Uh, a house that's decently priced, it's a decent house, nothing really wrong with it. 90 days is enough time in a reasonable market where it should have sold. Nothing wrong with it going 90 days but it should sell. So you start getting into what if we approach 90 days and it hasn't happened yet. Okay. Now this is a really good part of today's episode because this is what we've been preaching for the last couple of years is that we've got over 5 million agents in the country right now that have not had a house sitting for 90 days and they don't even know what to tell a seller that if they want to relist with them, they don't know what to say. So this is a good negotiation topic. And this is a big help for a lot of you because you, some of you could literally be very good agents already, high producing, and you have not had to have this conversation in your head. You're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, are you sure? I go, because you hadn't done it yet. So I'm curious how you, how you know how to do that because that's like what we talked about on last episode it becomes situational based and situational based means they're in front of you. And it's not like you studied for this test because you have to react to it. So let me give you some tips on when it comes to this, it's hard to make somebody relist with you 90 days. It's even more tough when it's six months. So you guys are lucky. We had, hopefully we're not anywhere near that. I still think agents that were around 20 years ago, that had to be through that market where we were six, you know, well, not even 2008, I guess it's not 20 years ago. 2008 was there too. Um, where you had to sit on six months and tell a seller, Hey, you need to relist with me. That's a lot to ask when you can't get a household in six months, but a lot of times it's not your fault. But from a negotiation standpoint, in this particular topic, the negotiation becomes telling them what you've done and reinforcing to them 
that that's what still needs to be done and they should still use you, okay? So here, when you get to that 90th day, so Amon, I know, I, I know you would answer it correctly regardless. And you don't see this a lot, especially in Atlanta, um, at least not right now, but I know, I know you would know what to do. If you're getting to where you're at the end of a three month listing and you know you've done what you're supposed to do, and it's time to tell them that the lease is the, the listing agreement is terminating and you still want to do it. What are some of the things you're going to tell them to convince them that they should stay with you? Um, I feel like especially for the newer agents, we haven't had the chance to have this conversation, especially those that were born into the COVID era where no one had to revisit a pain point. It was, hey, I want to sell my house. Okay, done, sold. So really uh, letting them know what value you're going to bring forth is going to be the biggest thing. And then actually talking about um, setting expectations from the beginning and talking about why did they want to sell in the first place? That's right. Um, because if you don't uh, actually talk about that, then you're never going to have that to revisit. No one's going to put their market on the market just to do it. Yep. So you have to revisit, okay, well, you're making a move. This is why you're making a move. What would happen if it didn't? So I like the way you said yeah. that you go back to the conversation. Why did we do this in the first place? Because that is true. Nothing should have changed if they were serious about it. Nothing should have changed from when they started to this process right now. Now the question becomes, why has it not sold? Now, that's a great answer because that's the way it should be. And that's what you should reiterate to them. And then what you're going to do is you're going to follow up and you'll define that value. And, and, and you're a good example because I know you, would have, you already do it. But you go back and you tell them what you've been doing. You go, you know, I look, I talk to you guys once or twice a week. I, I send you... Uh, reports on the neighborhood, uh, it's clear that nobody else is selling over us because everybody's in the same boat. So you're trying to define to them, it's not them, it's not their house. It's just the market's taking a little bit more of a pause. So you have to give them a little bit of confidence. You have to tell them that nothing's been done wrong and that it's taking a little more time. But then you have to reiterate to them all the things that you've been doing, because if you've done what you're supposed to have done, negotiation, a renegotiation should not be a problem. They would have to say you've done something wrong for them to go elsewhere. And that's very hard when the person is actively involved with them, talking to them all the time. And I'll give you one of the biggest takeaways from today's episode is when it comes to having a, a client want to re-sign with you, you have to make it to where, where else are you going to go? Who, who else is going to do what I've done? The biggest cardinal sin. I, I'm a, 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 the most firm believer that no real estate agent should ever be fired unless they are not keeping up and talking with that client. And as, as, pessimistic as I am about um, that you know no agent should ever be fired except for that I'm even more lightning fast on that person should absolutely be fired for not keeping up there's nothing that irritates me more and I'm usually very calm when it comes to dealing with agents and problems but when they go where I find out that they haven't talked to someone in three or four weeks I'm like why are you even here I go what what was your purpose of even doing this because 
then you do verify the general public's belief that, oh, all you did was put a sign in the yard and didn't do a damn thing. Okay. So your, your actions are important. So, you know, a lot of people get confused when we're having a negotiation podcast. They're like, well, that doesn't sound like negotiation. I'm like, that's every bit of negotiation is reaffirming to them. Why would they go elsewhere? You're convincing them that you are the right one and that it would almost be foolish if they went anywhere else. Now, Mike, you've seen it a few times where the we've, we've gone through a few where we've had some people sit on the markets. And, and I think you're a good example because if I remember right, there's been a couple times where you've been falsely accused of not doing what you're supposed to just because some person thinks that, you know, the house hasn't sold and it's your fault. But in reality, you're like, I don't know what else you want me to tell you because I told you everything that's going on. I've made it clear that where the house prices are. I mean, you and I both know when it comes to someone disputing us, the only way to come back at them is talk about the facts. And I think you've done that a lot of times over the years, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, there's been times when I've had vacant lots, you know, it's five vacant lots in the whole place and the, the, the lot didn't sell. It's like, you know, I literally re I, you know, I relisted it, you know, several times, you know, for 90 days and another 90 days and another 90 days or six months. And, 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 and that's been a while, but literally, you know, uh, he went with somebody else sat for another two years. Yeah still didn't sell and that's painful too it's painful to watch when someone thinks that you have done wrong and you told them you've done everything they can and they still go somewhere and then it's it's or worse and this is by far the worst that you told them to lower and they didn't and then they go with somebody else and lower and what i got i don't understand I, I i tried to tell you and then you go now you're acting like i'm the one that was bad and you know now this person gets it i almost think that should be illegal to some point but it's not so uh, it happens quite a bit. So yeah, there's definitely negotiations in dealing with the seller as far as, um, you know, do they want to relist or not? And I like that comment today because that is something that should start coming up a little more often uh, than it has been. And I've been quoted on many shows for saying that it's going to be a large uh, learning curve for a lot of the agents that are out there. But I do believe the ones who are already good at what they do, they have a natural instinct to adapt to what should they say because they're so set on serving their client that they know that that person shouldn't go elsewhere because you already did everything that you could and it should have sold with what you were doing and nobody else should be able to go in and do that better. And you should have that attitude as an agent. If you don't, then you should have a concern because that means that you actually did not care enough and it is okay for that listing to go elsewhere. You don't want a seller to have any other alternative, but to say, I'm going to stick with you because I know you're going to be sold. Okay. So that's a good uh, negotiation tactic as well. Let's talk about Brent's favorite and my annoyance. Cause he just doesn't listen to me. Uh, Not discounting commissions. I don't do it. Exactly. And I think you're going to have a fan of Iman in that too. I think she's actually going to, support you here this might be well, i bet you iman goes up more this might be seven and Iman might <laughs> and i'll be the first one to say i'm wrong uh there is anybody knows me i am not a hypocrite i'll call myself out before anybody um because that's just the way i am i don't mind where i'm weak or where i'm stupid or where i'm dumb 
Uh, and I'll point it out because I think it's a lesson to be learned by a lot of people. I'm actually proud of people like Amon and especially Brent that, uh, and Brent more so because he, he does, and just Amon because she hasn't been around me long enough, but Brent, he will stand up and dispute me, which I, I think it's funny sometimes, but he's right. And we fought for years on the conversation about do you discount commissions or not, Okay. This is a great episode for new agents. This is a great episode for agents within five years, to be honest with you. I love the negotiation podcast because there's really nothing you can't take away. You know, like the, the people that watch us and, and they're learning from it, they should send it to their friends and, and their other friends that are in it and other brokerages and say, hey, look, that this is a problem and, and nobody ever discusses it. It could be one of the most ne- difficult negotiations. And in my book, I do believe it's the most difficult negotiation because you're dealing with somebody's personal money. Money changes everything. It always has. It always will. Some people react more common to it. Some react more ridiculous to it. Uh, It is the root of all evils. And with that said, it actually brings out the best and the worst of people. Um, I've lost a lot of friends over the years in real estate because of these types of conversations mixed into with negotiations of price and stuff. But um, I don't like the fact that you say you can't work with your friends. That's bullshit. We work with our friends, friends that that's, I hate. I only work with my friends. True. Like I I only want to work with them. I hate when someone says that they're like, you shouldn't mix friends and business. I'm like, no, I go, you shouldn't friend, you know, you shouldn't mix dickhead friends with other, you know, uh, friends, that's the problem you don't want to do. But um, you, you, friends, you do business with friends. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it should work out very well. However, uh, when you deal with friends, it, it can be hard on the negotiation because money is very is a very sensitive subject. It's sensitive within the families. It's sensitive within the friendship. And when you're selling your house, you really are at your highest probably asset that you're about to deal with when it comes to money. So this is a sensitive subject. So you have a couple of trains of thoughts. Uh, there are those like Brent, and I'm not going to say as much from my, I think she's like this too, but I'll let her speak about it um, to give her own, um, what she does with it. But I think she's kind of favoring with Brent that really believe that there should be no discounting of a commission and that they're worth every penny of what they do. Which for these two, notice how I didn't say Mike. I just said Lamar and Grant. Prick. See, 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 see. <laughs> that they they are, um, they are worth it. And and I'll say I, I don't like talking about myself, but I can tell you I know what I'm doing when I do it, and I would say I know I'm worth it. But here's the difference. That's the whole point of the show. It's how we negotiate it. Okay, so I'm gonna let. Brent say how he does it because it's something I respect very highly of him. I love it when somebody disputes me and they have the guts to do it because they know I'll fight back most of the time. But he's very prominent about this. And I think he's done a very good job of teaching some of our others to do this. Now, I'm not going to say he's completely right with the way he says it, but I'm damn well going to respect the way he goes about doing it. So, Brent, tell him how you handle that stuff when you go into it. What's your belief? Tell him like you tell me. So my belief is I'm trying to work up to where I'm getting 7% total. That's what I'm working on. And uh, I just, I know, look at you cringe right now. That's so terrible. Look at you cringe. <laughs> I don't care. 
I don't care. Um, so, well, first of all, I know that every pain in the ass deal that I've ever had was with a discount, a discount client, every single one, not every single client I discount has been a pain, but every one I've discounted has been a pain or every pain has been a discount. Sorry. So, um, you know, I, I changed my approach when I go into a listing presentation, you know, we, we, we do the comps, you know, we talk, we walk the house, we talk about strategy and whatnot. And then the question comes, um, you know, how much am I going to walk away? And this is where I use the net sheet and I don't, this, I know the show mostly goes out to realtors. I turn it to where nobody sees it except for myself. And I fill out all the information, right? Their closing costs, realtor fees, taxes, payoff, everything goes in there. And then I tell them, I go, it looks like if we close on this, you're probably going to walk away with X. And I put that number into their head first. And when they hear that number, they're okay. They go, okay. And then I don't, and then I, I don't say anything else. But I've noticed in the past when I walk them through and I'm showing them every, line by line and they get to that commission, they see that big dollar amount and they pause. So that's a good takeaway for everybody. It's a very good negotiating technique that you don't flat out hit them with the commission. You go to the end result because that's why you're there. Remember, there's two reasons why when you go into a listing, there's only two things that sellers are looking um, to you for. One, how much is their house going to sell for? And two, how much it's going to cost. All right. So one of the things he's very successful with is he's learned that you do not want to start off with the negative part and the number. You want to show them what's going to happen. And if they're pleased with it, then you are now where, where Brent would tell you there's extra work is that the net is already lower than they want. Now, he might have a conversation there, but that's different. That's different. And it's rare, too. They, they, they have a good idea where they're going to be at. But they're still taught that, well, you shouldn't pay high commission or whatever. So I, I love the way he does that. And I think it's a great takeaway. Uh, he also now, does things I believe in, too, that I do not show. the, the I, I am not a fan. There are a lot of people that are taught to fill out the net sheet and go into it. You have screwed yourself if you put that down in writing. Because if you're going through the negotiation phase with that seller and you can already tell you're about to have a problem with that amount. There is no effing way out because you wrote it down. So you don't want them to see the net sheet or at least you want it blank so you can explain it because you might have to make a mid shift in your negotiation. This is very difficult for a new agent because it does become situational based. And I actually think it is the hardest when you're sitting there and you have to process, does it feel like they're, I'm going to lose this if I don't switch? That is a very hard trait to learn. Go ahead. Well, Ray. and then I, you know, and then you come across, you know, the objections, right? And I handle them in different ways. So I've had the people that say, hey, we're interviewing other agents that are willing to give a discount. Will you do it? And that's where I'll, dis I'll differ with you and I'll flat out say <coughs> no because I don't like their attitude. The other one I had, um, they probably won't listen to this. But I did a listing presentation and then they said, okay, does that net, does that include the 6% commission? I said, yeah. And they said, well, we'd like it better if it was 5%. And I said, good for you. And I just continued on. And I, I got the listing agreement on that one. The other one though, is if they're not asking, but you know, they're not going to be able to make it work unless you help them, right? They're not going to be able to 
netting enough to to close on the new house or something, or they're not really asking, but you can tell they can use help. Then I'll, I'll be way right, so more. So look, I like that. that about you. I do. I like that because I I, I think that, so that says something about you that you fight very hard for what you think you're worth, but you also are on the other side of maybe this is not a fight. Maybe they don't have a choice. And yeah, now I if they can't to, do it, I'll help them. Yeah, but see, look, and y'all, that's a great. Yeah, you're welcome for the show, by the way, if you're new. Because what he just said is very hard to accept and learn because he's clearly passionate about making sure he gets paid what he's worth as he should be. But he's also empathetic that maybe sometimes that just isn't going to work. And do I still want to do that? Now, he has the choice to walk. But mm-hmm. notice how it's an attitude thing with him. If he was a real jerk, like I portray him to be, he would be like, well, I'm not, that's your tough shit. That's not my problem. He's smarter than that. He knows that they're not trying to push him around. Now it's just a matter of like, it's the best I can do. So should I do this? There's a big difference between the two. Most people who are harsh about no discount, they don't bend and there's no flexibility. That's not good. That's, but where he's talking about is the exact point that you do have to have some flexibility. So, I want to talk to him, Mom, because I'm curious myself how she feels about what he says. And then actually, I'm actually going to go to Mike in a minute because I think Mike is more like me, which is bad or good. So I want to hear Amon and what she thinks about I think it. Amon's, I think Amon's going to lead with, wow, Brent's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that, that is not something. <laughs> uh, you don't know Amon. <laughs> Surprisingly, I understand where Brent's coming from. So I'm just in a more kinder, gentler, gentler way, I guess, of doing it. Um, and mostly by A, the value, just like you said, Brent, um, but also reminding them, okay, well, if I'm quick to discount my commission, imagine what I'm going to do in the middle of negotiation and discount the money that's coming out of your pocket. How quickly another agent's going to say, well, tell them to give us this. Ah, All right, sure. Why not? You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm protecting your money just as much as I'm protecting mine, but also educating them because that is one of the biggest part. They see, you know, you're getting ten, fifteen thousand dollars. They don't realize what that's going to. So just letting them know uh, this percentage goes to my broker. This percentage goes to my family. This percentage goes to marketing your property. Where would you like me to take that money out of and give them that choice? And when they see that, they're like, whoa. Yeah, um, I can't do that. I'm going to still feed my family and I'm still going to pay my broker. I guess that means I can't market your property as well as I thought I was going to do. So, you know, Robert cringing. He's sweating right now. I'm not cringing. I'm proud. (laughs) You just got to be that uh, velvet hammer and just not back down. But also know that this is why you're hiring me. I'm going to do the best job possible. You don't want somebody that's going to back down when it's your money you know, at stake no, as well. I, I'm, I'm not cringing in the least. It shames me. I don't like it when anybody that I haven't works with me does something that I should do that I don't. And it's, uh, it, it's, it, it makes me proud and it makes me embarrassed to listen because y'all, if you haven't figured out yet, then this is a huge takeaway from this particular episode and you'd have to have experience in it. But Iman is a script specialist. She has learned the scripts and she knows that there are certain things that people should be told when they object 
to her wanting to charge a higher commission. And the brilliant part about it, it's not like she's been doing it for 30 years. She sure as hell acts like it if you listen to her because she would have fooled me. Uh, in fact, Mike should have been embarrassed. He doesn't know half that stuff. And Amon hasn't done it half the time he has. And he's probably over there taking notes or something, you know. But, <laughs> no, Mike, I'll help you. I feel the same. So don't feel too bad. Uh, but she's a script specialist. <laughs> she's a script specialist. And y'all, script, scripts are one of the best defenses to a real estate agent, especially as they get started. Because the scripts have been for years handed down by people who know how to get past an objection. Okay. And if you, if you listen to her, notice how, when I say script, a lot of people think script is very specific word work. She didn't come off like that. I knew what she was doing. Uh, she was actually going down script one, script two, script, two, but she doesn't come off that way. I loved her last one where she throws in the, the empathetic, uh, you know, well, I got to feed my family too. That's awesome because she's, relating to somebody that I'm not trying to make as much as I possibly can off of you. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because it's my job and this is what I'm supposed to make and I'm worth it. So there's a difference. Notice how she just didn't hit him with the, and actually she's right. She is more gentle and kind than Brent is. And that's not a, a negative shot because I'll take one at Brent if I can. It's just a different way. It's a different Brent's way can be more effective at times. Amon's way can be more effective at times. That's you're getting choices. And I think the more difficult part is knowing which one to use when you're in front of somebody. What's Mr. 1% over here got to say? Well, that's why I I saved Dallas. Maybe the best for last because maybe (laughs) I I am. Mike, look, seriously, Mike does because I taught him how to do this and, 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 and he would dispute anything I did if he thought it was better, but we do, we, we grew up together. We have a lot of the same mentality and he too will tell you that he's not as strong willed as Brent and Amon is. And that doesn't make it wrong. It just means he's more flexible to listen to. Should I do this because it's worth this or that? And, I sometimes have that mentality. So I'm going to let Mike talk because he's going to give you a different uh, cover. And then I'm going to try to show you the pros and the cons of each of these methods. Because believe it or not, as much as I love Amon and Brent, there is a con to something that they do. And, and I actually have faith that they know when to change it. But I'm going to make sure when we do this in a second. So go ahead, Mike. <laughs> you know, I guess there's there's really... In my opinion, there's really not a right or a wrong. There's not, uh, not. You, if, if, if you do it one way or if you do it the other way. Uh, you know, I guess the, the correct or the, the best way is kind of a mixture of both. But, you know, when, uh, you know, when, when, when Brent and I started, you know, the market was crap. So, you know, and, and the, the one thing that I remember Robert telling me is like, you know what, if you, if you give somebody a discount, on, great point, Mike. On, great on, point. on 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 a transaction, he goes, if you say, okay, you know what, I'll do this for two percent, you will be doing every transaction for two percent for for as long as you know they want to use you. They're going to say, well, you did it for two percent last time, and God, so Mike, on and so forth. Hey, man, you've been on. I'm really great points today, man. I, I, I used to I used to be, you know, that was kind of the thing. You know, when I would send my stuff to like my own subdivision. 
you know, or a subdivision right next to me. Say, hey, I live here, yada, yada, whatever. You know, if you buy with me, I'll do your house for 2%. I'll sell your house for 2%. It's kind of like the old Bill Nelson deal. <laughs> so, hey, so now that would be a fun conversation for Benton and Mon. Bill would be an interesting topic for both of them. All right, so look, great job, Mike. Um, I'm surprised Mike said something that Amon and Brent should have said, okay? Especially as they, as much as they support, he, he did make a comment that I told him many years ago. It's funny, as much as Brent thinks that I'm okay with discounting, what Mike just said is the truest statement I've told all my agents. There is a very dangerous slope when you discount from the beginning because you've boxed yourself into something you will never get out of. I'm living proof of this. There are people that still come to me 22 years later. And even with the expertise I have and all that I've done, and I should be able to easily justify a higher percentage, I just cannot stomach telling somebody, well, you know, now that I'm a lot better at this and good, I'm going to charge you more. I, I just cannot do it. And it's personal, but it's a very bad trap that you put yourself into. And it is where I support a monument more than anything on that belief that it want, it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, if you've ever watched, I always quote B-rated movies. You know, if you ever watched the Bad News Bears, Bad News Bears is a comedy, right? And it's a, it's a funny show. There's a lot to learn in Bad News Bears, by the way. Bad News Bears is a very good human being story because- SWR sponsored by Chico's Bail Bonds. I would, <laughs> I would do it in a second. I would, because the show is very meaningful. But one of my favorite parts, and I quote it a lot, is when they're all ready to quit. And, you know, Walter Matthau is terrible in that movie. Just a horrible role model. The worst but then he says the highest thing that any role model could ever say is like you know that quitting thing it's a bad habit to get out of it's the same thing when you start discounting from the beginning it is a very hard habit to break and get out of and it's very hypocritical for me to say that because i am going to one of i'm going to be one of the final thoughts on it, clearly i do a little bit of discounting at times uh and and, it, and it's not necessarily right, but one thing that I've boxed myself into, and it doesn't matter as much for me today, I only practice with people who are closer friends to me that I still do it because I'll, I'll give it to somebody else if that's the case. But still, 22 years later, boxed into having to do this type of stuff. And that's that's a mistake on my part. You know, MB, Brent, and Amon, and Mike really doesn't do it out of, uh, he just does it because what he wants to do, what he thinks is best. So he, I'm not saying he doesn't do it either, but I envy them because they're not near as much of a box, nor will they ever be than what I had to put in my, and y'all, I would like to think some people think I've done well with real estate. That's very hard to accept that I still have that albatross that I carry because of that mistake. So I am something to learn from that maybe it's not the best way. So Mike and I are a little more flexible um, we'll start a conversation. So my, actually Mike said it best. He, he, he said that he, and he, he's doing it cause I used to do it. He, he, he would say, he sends an ad sometimes that says, thanks Mark. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I take that as a compliment. 
My favorite move is when he takes that Schlitz tall boy and blows half of it off and throws the whiskey. Of that is a very good drink. <laughs> <laughs> that beer's so damn cold in that pale. My God, it's got to be freezing. Uh, so <laughs> that's funny. Hard to make me laugh like that. Mike said that he sometimes will advertise if he's in a subdivision. He'll say that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to give a percent off or this or, or you know, whatever, because he relates to it. it. It's something that he wants to get more business in. Uh, he got that because I taught him that. And, and he increased with <laughs> He's worse than you, Brent. <laughs> uh, he's, um, you know, it's something I, I showed him how to do. And it does help. And there is part of me that believes that over the years, someone might have chose me because of that. And this is where the dilemma comes into. If Brent and Iman send those types of flyers out, is it possible that they don't offer that had they missed somebody? Now, both of them would be quick to answer, probably. But they also, which is, you got to respect it. Both of them would probably say it's probably not the one I wanted anyways. And that's where I think this becomes the difference. And this is where all of these guys are right, including Mike, where he said there is no right or wrong answer. It's just a matter of what you're willing to do. And I do believe that some people might respond better if they know that there's a discount in it. And I do believe that the ones that don't do that would not want that person anyways, okay? So it does become a personal choice. Now, where I will critique, and I would put my foot down, and Brent and I had this conversation a lot because it bothers me with him in a very professional way, and I'm still not sure he's at the point where he knows that he needs to back off of it, but I don't think anybody ever knows. There are times when you're in the conversation it's a 600K house. He's pushing his 6%. But the eyes clearly say they want it lower. It's very tough. We're still in the business of making money. And as, as, as hardcore as Brent can be, he is not anywhere near stupid. He knows that if that walks, it's like 16 or 17K possibly out of his pocket. He has to think, am I going to lose it if I don't do something? And I'm speaking on his behalf, and it might not be the words that come out of his mouth, but it should be. That's got well, I already did it last year. I already yeah. did that, and I told him no, and I, I knew I was going to lose it because I just, I'm right, principled so look, and I don't want to work. That's what I'm talking about. You have to accept, and I'm talking to everybody else, not you. You have to accept if that's the way you want to do it, then power to you. Because you've set a way that you're okay with that person walking if, if, if you're going to do it that route. Now, I'm different, and it doesn't mean I'm right. In fact, a lot of people would argue that Brent is more right than I am here. I, I, I can't do it just because I come from a place that losing ten or $15,000 because you didn't say something or could have done something, it's hard for me. Now, where Brent's right, too. I could have done that and it didn't mean shit. They still weren't going to go with me. And then that makes me weak. And that, that, that was a desperate, someone could say that too, right? A desperate attempt to try to keep that. And those aren't words that any professional likes to hear. Uh, you know, Amon, if you were listening to her, she made a good comment too on the con side of that, where 
they might suspect that if you're willing to do that, then that's probably how you do with your negotiations as well. That's a very true statement. If I'm willing to bend there, then where else am I going to bend in the negotiation? And, and, and by the way, that's a great script. In fact, that's my favorite script when it comes to commission, where someone tells you that they want you to lower it for you to like, be like, you realize if I do that, that means I'm more than capable of doing it with your house price. And you know, it's kind of hypocritical because you're asking me to save something here and I might lose more for you that way. That's a great script too. By telling somebody, if you want me to do that, you're basically opening up a Pandora box that I'm capable of doing it. And the little you think you're going to save with asking me to push it that half percent or percent, probably would have double or triple what I would have lost in the actual negotiation of the contract. So I love that comment as well. It's, it's tough. I think one of the hardest things that I have to deal with still to this day, it's very hard if someone's buying. I know if they're going to buy like a seven house and it's super a lot of money to me and they ask me to discount their listing, that's a hard one for me. Because then you get into math. See, like that's where I might disagree with Brent. I might be like, well, I get what you're trying to say, but they're already telling you there's 18K that they're giving you. That's a tough one for me because I still don't, because now it doesn't become a matter of, am I defending commission? Because the defending commission should be, I'm what I'm worth. Well, what the F am I worth? If there's $18,000. What do I give a shit if what I'm worth, if 18K is going to go out the door? That's a tough one. I guess it's just the the attitude that the seller has, right? Because if they 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 have that attitude of you don't do shit, so you should be grateful for what we're giving you. Which is I'm like, I what other? Right. Yeah, what other industry is seller, like that? I don't think any seller listens to you. And my guess I'm on too for that way. And Mike as well. I just I Mike, I'm talking about them because I know that they're very aggressive on on that. Doesn't mean you don't do these things, but my guess is that's the last thing those people will ever accuse you guys of is walking out of there saying that they're weak or they don't know what they're doing. That's that is not one thing anybody would ever tag. And there's something to be said for that. So it's a tough one, but there is no right. Mike was right. There is no right or wrong answer. Uh, I, I, there's no doubt I'm weaker at, I, I do still try to get the form. I, I do try, start off like Brendan and Wanda do. My problem is, if I sense that there is an objection, sometimes I won't take too long to get away from that objection so I can get it. That's not necessarily the way you should do it. Told you I'm not hypocritical. There are things that I do. I'm like, yeah, I should have done that. Should have never bumped that down. I should have never lowered that to what I did. But kind of the same thing earlier that if you start that way and you get trapped that way, it becomes a bad habit. And even as much as I expertise in this field, I still have a bad habit of too quickly saying, let's just do it and be done with it. So that's not, that's not a good thing. Uh, one of my, uh, one of my peer instructors that I teach with, she's, <laughs> she tells all types of stories and I laugh at a lot of them, but my favorite thing, and this is one that Brenda Mon would love if she's up in her, I want to say she just turned 80. You wouldn't know it. She's sharp as anything. She does. She hides her age well, but she is just great when she gets the objection of where someone says, 
well, we were wondering if you would discount your commit. Uh, she goes, we we're wondering if you could, you know, alter your commission. And she, she always responds. She goes, absolutely. Do we want to do seven or 8%? What else can I do to add? She doesn't go the opposite. She doesn't go lower. She goes higher. And, you know, it's, it's funny you say that, Rob, because I, I, I'm in a bunch of, you know, Facebook groups of realtors and whatnot. And someone says that they uh, have a menu of their services for, you know, yes. one, two and 3%. And they, they provide it to them and say, you pick one. And I guess they obviously make the 3% look, you know, way better. Um, so or maybe it's even for, maybe it's made for four, five and six or five, six, seven percent. You can go up if you want more service. I want to talk about that. And that's why we do the show like this. We don't, we don't script it. We actually do it live because I think it's better that way. More ideas come from it. Uh, Just like Bill O'Reilly. We do it live. Yeah. Did you watch him last night? Good Lord. That whole, uh, that was, he, well, he was all over the stuff this morning. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what happened with all that stuff last night. Uh, so Brent mentioned something I've been thinking about, um, but not the way he said it. The services menu. The services menu is done to say at this level you get this, at level at this level you get that, and that's great, that's fine. But if I were going to do that, I would make that lowest level of you don't want me to do that. You want me? I would actually intentionally make the other levels that's where i should be and i will because i'm a pretty strong ethical guy and i've seen these in arbitrations before the only thing you gotta be careful there and this is the biggest hypocrisy in real estate because nobody would ever bust you on it we're supposed to operate the same no matter what we do there's not a court in the world would ever enforce that really technically if you offered a menu some people would say you're not allowed to do that you're supposed to do this that's bullshit it's america it's business you should charge better call saw <laughs> i've been looking at getting into the meth side of this to see if it would help <laughs> you, you know take in the slower markets but um that you're really you're not allowed to do that that's the funny part but no one would ever stop you and i'm actually a fan that's of funny. it i think that it would be okay if it did persuade somebody that you really should be you know what it also does it it um it defines your value what you're saying is saying it's one thing, but to put it on paper, it is it is stronger for all. It's like those people who like to get a note versus just a like a personal note. Some people respond well to that, so I like. When I I sat in a a meeting or a seminar with some of the most high end luxury agents in the in the world, you know, they were talking about that same thing about discounts and whatnot, and they say, well. One of their objections is, yeah, absolutely. I normally am seven, but I'll do it for you for six. That's their one thing. Or they say for the Uber wealthy. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's more of a status thing that um, you say, well, you know, how about we do it for seven, but I'll take that 1% and I'll donate it to the charity of your choice because that way they can tell all their friends, you know, $10,000. You know, that's what sucks about doing the show because you just opened up a longer conversation and we're not going to have it because it's so good. But I, w- I will say this, there, there is something to be said for how you go from, if someone wants to discount, you make that amount higher than what I normally do seven of, because then now you're, you, you, mm-hmm. you're pushing, they, they asked you for a discount, you're like, well, I'm giving you one. You didn't say what the discount had to be. Yep. So you're actually, you're making it harder for them to disagree with you because you, you're giving them what they asked for. They just weren't specific. And to bash the general public, they are usually ridiculous with that comment because they don't give a damn. It's just someone told them 
to negotiate that way, which is really, I, I know we have some sell, uh, clients and I walk a very fine line with our clients sometimes because I say stuff that might offend them, but I am of the type that too bad because those of you who were told, you read some book about how to re- negotiate with a realtor dummy, whatever, and you apply it, that's shameful on your part. That's just a poor attempt at, you know, doing something that's so ridiculously incompetent. That is not the way you do this. Okay. And when you have, well, some- and when we talk about value too, right, we talk about the value and all that. Value's and I, one of those mega agents was talking about that they, for their full, you know, full price commission, they do the full concierge service and the seller say, what, what is involved? What's included with your concierge service? And he said, if it's legal or ethical or, and ethical, we'll do it. He goes, I'll pick up somebody's dry cleaning. I'll pick up their dog. I don't care, but keep in mind, these are 30, $40 million homes that they're, they're selling. Right. And that's a little bit different, but it just depends if you're trying to get say 7% on a listing, maybe you will do all that stuff. Maybe you'll go and pick up the dog to take the dog out of the house for showings. Maybe you'll be there to escort the buyer's agent in, you know, it just depends on what's your value. Yeah. Brent made one last comment and I'm going to end it on. It's a tough one. It's interesting about the higher luxury dollar homes. Be shocked at how many sellers they'll say, well, don't go under a million. And you're like, well, 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 why? It needs to be, they go, because the people who are looking for a million dollar home want to be a million dollars and over. Now that's terrible. It's narcissistic. It's narcissistic. It, 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 it's ridiculous, but it's very true. It's the one price point that has meaning to somebody. So when you start getting into this, where I was going with that is Brent's talking about sometimes the higher dollar ones will back off because it's so much money. They got to be careful though, because when you start crossing with someone who's in that price point, they actually might think by you discounting that that is what you're capable of. And those type of people, they don't discount a damn thing and they don't care. In fact, sometimes they get off on paying somebody more because like, well, my person did, you know, you actually could hurt yourself by discounting. Even I believe that. And the wealthy, they usually don't ask for a discount. They don't because it would embarrass them. It would shame them. Mm -hmm. Most wealthy people would be shamed if they asked. (laughs) Some aren't. Some will be like, no, that's how I got to, that's how I got to where I'm at. But, you know, the heart of both these episodes were negotiations. And obviously y'all can see through both of these, this one and the other, which they're both just as good, I thought. There is no end to this conversation. These are just pieces that we keep taking. And if you really want to get something out of today's episode, you should go back through it and take some of the things we talked about and apply it to a lot of other things. Because these are not just conversations about specific points of negotiations. These are actually things that apply to a lot of the other things we do. And yes, a lot of times it comes down to common sense, but it's common sense combined with experience and somebody knows exactly what to do at a professional level to do the right thing. Guys, thanks for watching. Appreciate you all. Make sure you pass this on to everybody. I love uh, get a lot of archive watches, a lot of people who uh, comment about the firm. You know, I told you, we don't do this for money. We do it so people get to know us a little bit better and that they can learn about the stuff that most people won't teach them because at an empathetic level, I never got it. And I don't think anybody should ever have to be out there and go through the things that I did when I first started. So I uh, appreciate everybody. I love the guys that came out. I'm on. Thanks for being on. Brent and Mike, as always, good to have you guys out there uh, too. You guys, uh, check out joinswr.com if you're interested in a lot of support. 
and the way we believe real estate should be done. And we'll catch up with you guys in a few weeks. Y'all take care. Thanks a lot. This was a Lunatic Digital production. Visit lunaticdigital.com for all your digital needs.